You're listening to Grant's Rants. Subscribe and spread the word. There are a lot more rants to come. Listen anytime on all major podcasting platforms. And now, back to the show. And we're back on the podcast. I am joined once again by Jacques Peterson. Welcome back. Hi, thanks for having me. This is so fun. I'm glad you mentioned this article about that came from the Guardian. I I posted this and forgot all about it. It's a new, it's a recent article, and it is uh, the the headline is a real turnoff. Are celebrities ruining podcasting? Interesting read. Uh, obviously, we're both in the podcast space. I will say it from the top. I get annoyed just from the marketing aspect of all of it. That like, does Joe Rogan need any more advertisement? You know, do we really need to throw any more money behind like uh, Anna Faris's podcast? You know, it's, it's a lot of the same. And yeah, there's absolutely no room left. It feels like for independence. Yeah, I, it's funny now that I have my own podcast, I'm very switched on with all of the podcasting, like industry news. Like I read a lot of the stuff, like the business side of things. I'm really interested in the industry as a whole, including celebrity podcasting. You know, I'm not against it because you know, it's a great thing to do. Like, I mean, it's fun if you've got the talent for it, but that's the thing if you've got the talent for it, because now that I have my own podcast and I'm doing it all independently on my own, as you know, Grant, it's so much work. It is Mm -hmm. really not easy. And there is so much that goes into it that people don't see. Like there are things that you wouldn't even imagine behind the scenes of it that is it's just a lot. So knowing that these celebrities are showing up, they don't have a passion for it. They don't understand the work ethic of it. They've got producers doing everything. Like they just show up at a time. They have someone that gives them like a sheet of what they're going to talk about. They probably don't even prepare. Someone else edits it, markets it, put it, puts it out there. And that frustrates me, especially when the concepts are bad. Like I saw a celebrity podcast come up in my feed the other day. It was uh, Darren Chris from Glee and one of the girls from that band, uh, Haim, Haim, I don't know how to pronounce their name. Uh, you know, there's, there's yeah, three, they're sort of like indie pop girls. Yeah. I don't know why Darren Chris and this Haim girl are doing a podcast together, but they are. It didn't really have a concept. It was just... I don't know, we're talking to people about whatever because we're so interesting. I listened to some of it. It was like they weren't bringing anything new to the genre. Like when I got into the podcast, you know, I did my podcast maybe about six months ago, which is kind of late. Like you've had your podcast for years. You're sort of one of the OGs. But I was like, you know, I'm coming in with sort of unpopular takes and like different opinions that I'm not hearing in this space, which is, you know, it's a representation of me, but I'm like, I'm going to bring something different. Why would I come in if I'm doing the same thing? Whereas these celebrities, they come in and it's like their show, they're not bringing anything new to the genre. Their show is exactly the same as like a hundred other shows. And what the only selling point is their name and their brand. It's bullshit. Yeah. I mean, the article kind of proposed that question at the end and said like, does anybody really think about like what what is the purpose why are we doing this and what is the show really about it's nice to get somebody in the driver's seat who's a name but like why are we doing this and why should people listen and and i've been to many conferences for podcasts and that's the first thing they'll tell you if you're developing a show what is your why and that's kind of the beginning of any creative project right so this why i guess is why because a big company is going to pay me to do it and I'll just show up and read off of a note card. 
You know, I mean, that's, I guess, the why. So, yeah, I mean, not everybody, but a lot of them. Like, Alec Baldwin does do a really good job with his podcast. He really is engaged with it, so. Yeah, well, look, I have respect for the people that have been doing it for a long time. Like, I will say that Anna Faris's podcast, I think, is actually horrible. I haven't listened to it in years, but she did actually get into it pretty early. Like, she was one of the earlier adopters of it, which makes me think that, it was something that she genuinely wanted to do and that, you know, she maybe had a passion for or something. So I don't begrudge her as much, but I thought that the, the concept of her show, I don't know if it's changed now, but it's called Anna Faris unqualified. And the concept was meant to be, she's unqualified to, to host a podcast. And you could tell because it wasn't very good. Um, and you know, one thing I do notice with the celebrity podcasts is that, they rely so much on their producer who is not only the producer but ends up being a co-host and driving so much of the show and you and I know how it takes a skill to be able to hold down a podcast by yourself yeah it's not it not easy and that's all um, I've, that's all I've ever wanted to do by the way was produce a show that I could have a small part in as just throwing in facts and figures kind of like a Norman on Wendy and just Every once in a while, throw in my two cents. And I've never had that opportunity. But there are so many people who don't want to be on mic or on camera and have no opinion who are in these great spots where they're sitting across from someone who needs a little help and like, hello. Like, I just always wanted to be in that position. You would be good. You know, you would be great on the uh, the Brandy Glanville podcast because she is she always has some guy with her that's kind of like half host the show but she's like a lot of fun she's opinionated i think that would be a fun show to i work think it on. would be a fun one yeah i, I would do it yeah. i'm looking through my my podcast app now and i'm trying to see which celebrity podcasts i'm subscribed to and there's barely any i've got the yeah. new ricky gervais one with sam harris whereas ricky gervais is talented he's a comedian he's proven himself in the podcast space uh i've got heather mcdonald here she really was a comedian. She got in there pretty early on. I don't really have any celebrity podcasts because they're not very good. I tried to give the Paris Hilton one a shot because, look, I love Paris Hilton. Any gay millennial kind of has a, just a built-in affection for her with the nostalgia. And it was it was the epitome of a typical celebrity podcast. The co-host producer was doing all of the heavy lifting. So um, she, she showed and, up, huh? Yeah, she just yeah. shows up and that's about it. It's a very, very flooded market of a lot of shows, a lot of celebrities, and they're really now starting to use celebrities. We were talking about this earlier in the show for narration for what a journalist or a producer did. You know, these producers, they research and create these stories and these scripts, and then you pull someone in to do voiceover who hasn't even touched the story, and they're just reading a script, and they get all the accolades for it. That's tough. I mean, I'm pers- keeping my personal job out of this, but I will just say from my experience across the board, like th- there's a, a definite focus on finding influencers and names in the space to come in, and there's very little question of, you know, is this person does this person have the resume or the hosting experience? Um, 
that's about as much as I can say. So it's a little frustrating, but that's the world that we're in, and it's all about follower count and reach. And I just wonder if these people have these tremendous followings, if that translates to listens. I've been saying this for a long time. I think it's great for awareness if you want someone to listen to a 15-second clip on Instagram. But are they coming and subscribing and showing up to your show weekly? I don't know if the influencer culture has the power to translate viewers that way. I don't know. What do you think? Look, the way that I feel about this is that you'll get listeners for the first episode because people are curious. Like I said, I'm like, oh, Paris Hilton's doing a podcast. I want to listen to that. I want to know if it's good. You know, I think Paris is kind of funny in interviews. Then I listen to the podcast. Wasn't good. I unsubscribed. Haven't listened again. So really. Good example. Yep. That's a good example. It's about the talent. Like, if you've got the skill that you're going to keep me there. And I try to be optimistic about it in that with all these celebrities getting into podcasts, yes, it's kind of oversaturation. There's a lot of crap out there now. But they're also bringing new listeners into the medium because there are people that are following them. And they still like, there's still so many people that don't get podcasts. They don't know how to listen to a podcast. They haven't jumped on board. And then if a celebrity that they really like launches one, that could get them in there, open the door, and then they can start listening to you know shows like ours that are much better. What I'm more concerned about actually is the algorithms behind it all and certain apps having dominance. I'm very worried about Spotify taking over the industry because they have their algorithm. They have these kind of Spotify-exclusive shows that you can't watch anywhere else. Uh, I think that's the biggest danger in that moving forward, people are going to open up a a podcast app and the only shows that are going to be getting recommended to them in their algorithm are a celebrity driven shows that are backed by huge networks instead of, you know, independent creators. I think that's the biggest, I, th- biggest fear. I, I kind of feel like we're already there. I've said for years, the, the Apple podcast app, they have a place where they could just give one of those trays or slots to one independent podcast a month. And that that's the least they could do. There's an yeah, opportunity that's... for it. You don't need to have the full iHeart radio library at the open of every podcast app. There's there's no law saying that has to be the case. Unless if you're in maybe the iHeart app. But you know, yep. we there there is an opportunity to highlight and I mean they 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 get so many accolades. Any of these these pod uh companies, if they showed any love to independence. They get so much attention and awards and written up and all these articles because the majority of podcasts that are out there are independent and they're all fighting for some type of audience and discoverability in podcasts right now for those who don't work in the industry has been really difficult all along. And when you're up against, like Jacques was saying, like these, these corporations, what can you do? So... You know, I mean, just as an example, this article in The Guardian at the end, right at that last sentence, it says, five celebrity podcasts worth a listen. And there's Getting Curious with Jonathan Van Ness. Like, he needs the publicity. I saw that. I was like, are you kidding me? You're really recommending that one? I know. Uh, I know. <laughs> that That's already huge. And, you know, I noticed the other day, um, Demi Lovato has a podcast. I listened to five seconds of it on YouTube. Sounded awful, um, as expected. And it's getting so much promotion. You go into the Apple app now, and it's like 4D with Demi Lovato, like Banner. It's like, you think she can't promote her own podcast? She's got probably 100 million followers on her um, Instagram or some, you know, some ridiculous number. I don't think she needs the added promotion from the Apple app and the whole 
whole podcast industry to push her show. Like she can promote it herself. Like you said, they should right. have a section that highlights more independent creators. And it, that's also why listeners are so important. Like listeners of your show, listeners of my show, you know, we do rely on the listeners a lot to like get the word out, to share the podcast with their friends to, if they're listening to it, to post it on social media, because that gets the word out. Because if you're independent, like you and I are not going to be getting promoted by, you know, Apple or the Spotify. We can't even get the, yeah, we can't even get the promo tools. Like there are tools that you have to use to submit all those graphics and images and timelines. And that's how Apple and company know when there's a new podcast or a big episode or whatever. And yeah, independents can't even get those tools. So I mean, what, what how do you compete? And, yeah, you know, I and I come at it from a unique perspective because I work and do this professionally for a conglomerate. And then I produce my show independently. So I see 360, the full landscape here. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's great stability for me in my career and it pays my bills wonderfully. And I'm very happy in my career, but as an independent producer, it's very hard to stay creatively motivated when you're lost in the mix. And, you know, there's no, no one cares what you do, you know, as far as like, how do you rise above that? But I will say, though, that with all that taken into account, I think the podcast space is still one of the freest in the media ecosystem. Like, it, if you compare it to, like, television and and even YouTube, like, the YouTube algorithm is insane. Like, that just throttles small creators. I mean, they've yeah, got they built into it. the algorithm they to promote it. Yep. Yeah, authoritative news sources, which is like the CNN, the MSNBC, the Fox News, like you can still kind of get a leg in with the podcast space. Like it's not all over yet, but, you know, we can obviously there are these problems and we can see it heading in that direction. I I don't want it to be the new YouTube because YouTube is like a lost cause now almost. Yeah, it is, sadly. And I'd like to say, like, in in one respect, like, independence, there's probably never been more independent content published, available for consumption than today. But uh, there's also a lot of money behind these other corporations that are getting their word out there in a much larger megaphone and approach. So it's a good thing that there's so much, but yeah, it takes a lot to pop. And that's why podcasters like us are so thankful when you leave good reviews and you do, you know, write to us and listen and tell a friend because that's all we've got. So thank you. Yeah. (laughs) So for instance, like with talking about independence, you and I both follow Crystal and Sager who are on the hills rising and they have recently gone independent themselves. Now, for those who aren't aware, these are two kind of the, they represent the new left or the new right. They are millennials. They are up on what's happening in the news. They carry water for neither side, nor Democrats, nor Republicans. They call everybody out, which you know I love. And they've broken free of corporate media and have their own platform and they're going to make money at this and they're, they don't have to answer to anybody. So there's an example right there. Yeah, I am so excited about this. I get all of my news from Crystal and Saga, pretty much my American news. I cannot stand American cable news or even political talk shows like The View and stuff. I think they're so toxic. I just think they're awful. Crystal and Saga are such a breath of fresh air. You know, they moving over going independence, obviously they've left the hill. Their YouTube channel alone has got over a hundred thousand subscribers in less than a week. So I yeah. would love to know And no how... videos yet. No videos, no content, but like that's how many people are excited just to like 
support. Yeah, and there's a thirst for this kind of uh, unbiased information. And it's everywhere. Like, it's even, like, with you and I, like, I'm sure that you probably get the same kind of feedback that I get is that, uh, you know, I don't always agree with you, but you keep it real. Or thank you for saying the things that the other podcasts won't about, yep. even if it's just the housewives yep. or whatever. People, like, want that because the, <laughs> the other stuff is such BS. But I will have to say, you know, on our point about, you know, corporate media and, and corporate podcasts and everything – Crystal and Saga, one reason that they've been able to get as big as they are, which they're incredibly talented and they had a really great idea for their show and to bring a point of difference and something unique to the market, but they have benefited from having the backing of the hill and they've been able to get into that YouTube algorithm that does favor those corporate backed news sources and then it's exposed them to a wide audience. If Crystal and Saga came in with the same show, but they didn't have an you know authoritative news source backing them on YouTube, they wouldn't have been promoted in the algorithm You're absolutely at all. right. You can be so talented. You can have, like, the best takes on everything, the best show. You're not going to get in the algorithm, and you're just not going to get the exposure that you should be getting, and that's what's a really big problem today. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, and they're lucky they have this following, and they're placing on lists, and hopefully that momentum continues because they're going to need that momentum to show up because yeah i mean i was just looking the hill has almost a million and a half subscribers and they started with five thousand when crystal started the show so crystal yep. built both of them but crystal especially spearheaded the project and built out that's an incredible following and hopefully hopefully they get the same, if not better, where they are. They did it once, they can do it again, but there's a lot working against these people because of these damn algorithms, and I know people are trying to fight them all the time, and I think it's a losing battle. So I, I wish them the best, and I, I know it will be successful, at least financially successful. But yeah, to crack the YouTube game, oh, good luck. Yeah, also, I just want to add, they're also doing, they're using Supercast instead of Patreon, which is kind of, it's sort of like Patreon, but it's built specifically for podcasters. And I get excited when any of these new platforms come out, even like, you know, OnlyFans, all of them, like, because I think it's so great for independent creators to have a way that fans can support them. And it's so important. Like I know that I subscribe to a number of podcasts on Patreon. I subscribe to some OnlyFans accounts too. <laughs> I like to support people. I think it's it's really important in terms of getting content out there, getting different voices out there, you know, supporting people that are that are creating content independently without this corporate backing. So I encourage everyone, if you've got the money to be able to do it and you're getting value from a creator's content, like subscribe to their Patreon, subscribe to their, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it all goes back into the show for a lot of these things. I know when I had my Patreon, it all went back into the show. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't going on vacation with that money. You know what I mean? So <laughs> let's head into our final story here. Uh, it is June, which is pride month. And this is our old Hollywood talk segment. It's Grant's Rants, Old Hollywood Talk. Let's take a look at back at a very problematic, horrid person, one of the worst people to grace our TV screens, Barbara Walters. Yes, I am not above fighting with the elderly on the podcast. <laughs> um, 
truly one of the worst, but yet one of the most celebrated. I don't know how she made it this far without getting canceled, but now she, this uh, I couldn't believe this. Ricky Martin, present day, is appearing on the cover of People magazine. Uh, it's now been a full decade that he's come out formally. In 2000, she, Barbara interviewed Ricky Martin basically urging him to make an announcement to, quote, stop the rumors. You know, you could stop these rumors. You could say, as many artists have, yes, I am gay. Or you could say, no, I'm not. However, for some reason, I just don't feel like it. He spoke about this in this People magazine article saying that he felt violated, which I can't blame the man, and still carries PTSD from it. So... I have posted a video on my Instagram of where it was a story, so it probably won't be there at the time of this podcast. But um, it's a very awkward thing. She's basically asking him to admit in front of her very salaciously that he's gay and he just wasn't comfortable doing it. And I can't think of a, wor- a worse thing to ask somebody. I can't think of a, was a more lousy, indulgent, salacious interview to do. Shame on her. Okay, well, look, let me say, what year was this again? 2000. Don't defend Barbara Walters with me. I, okay, I'm not going to defend anyone that created The View is going to burn in hell, in my opinion, because <laughs> I really think The View has what it's contributed to political discourse is so toxic. It really oh, that's exemplifies. Tr- that, yes, now that's the, the, true. Yeah, the worst of political. I mean, it's just, it's such an evil, vile well, show. It, it, it but, killed journalism. It's all now opinion based yeah. commentary, but go ahead. Exactly. And uh, look, Barbara Walters, she got to the top of where she is by asking these questions because you're lying if you didn't want to know about Ricky Martin's sexuality. This was, you know, back in the day when being, you know, a gay male was still kind of a novelty. Now it's very commonplace and no one cares. <laughs> but back then, if a celebrity is coming out as gay, it's like, it's a big deal. This is like big news. The rumors were around Ricky Martin for a long time. We wanted to know, is it a PC thing to do in 2021? Of course not. 20 years ago, you know, Barbara Walters, she was doing a job. We wanted to know if Ricky Martin is gay. I actually don't begrudge her for for asking him, honestly, because she that's how she got to where she is. She asked the questions that people wanted to know. She did go to those salacious places. And then I guess because she has this kind of serious, somewhat like regal approach, it makes it look oh, like it, it's please. more high-end journalism than it really is when it's really just tabloid journalism. But she packaged it in a way that made it seem like it was uh, more serious than it really is. But well, you know she did, Yeah, she did do that. Yeah, she definitely yeah. made it, yeah, packaged garbage and <laughs> sold it to people. Yeah, yep. um, you know, I'll... <laughs> I have nothing nice to say. Barbara in 2010 or 2011 did say she regretted asking the question, but I believe it did come up later on a clip show where it celebrated all her best moments. And yeah, Barbara, you know, still not a good look. And I'm still not afraid to call you out all these years later. I will forever feud with Barbara Walters. Well, I'm sure this is, this has to be just one of several stories that I'm sure is going to be regurgitated by the media during Pride. I mean, every instance of kind of homophobic microaggressions they can find, they're probably going to drag up and relitigate over the oh, next few weeks oh, for content. Yeah. So oh, yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this, this clip will pl- be played somewhere. I would say they talk about it on The View, but they're not going to do that. Oh, so, of course. Yeah. yeah it's biased. Yeah. 
Anyway, that is it. Thank you, Barbara, for attempting to destroy Pride. Didn't work. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I'm just trying to like blame. I'm trying to blame Barbara for everything. I love it. It's time for me to go. I need to have a drink. I have had it. It's been a hot day, but I'm thankful. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, It was so much fun. I feel like it's come full circle. It has. It does feel that way. And, you know, we're talking about supporting podcasters' independence. Please support his podcast. Tell us where people can find it. Yes, unpopularjp.com or Unpopular with Jacques Peterson on all of the podcast apps. Please subscribe if you like it. Uh, if you hate it, don't leave me a bad review because I'm very oversensitive and I read all my reviews and I literally have a mental breakdown every time I get a bad review, which isn't that often, but it does happen sometimes. So please just support and show love. And if you hate me, just keep it to yourself because my fragile ego can't handle it. Thank you. And and me, I welcome all type of aggression because I'll come at you. So (laughs) I'm not afraid. But no, I totally understand what you're saying because we work hard on these things. Like, and it's free, so it's like chill out. (laughs) But yeah, Yeah, oh, I know. It's like you see, I sometimes I get one bit of criticism, and I'm like, you don't have to listen. No one forced you. Leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) This was fun. Thank you guys for listening. I love you for it. We'll be back with more rants. This has been Grant's Rants. Follow Grant on Twitter and Instagram at It's Grant's Rants. Cover art created by Howie Rone. Original theme music by Alexander Ardzin. The Grant Michael Collection. 